The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Merciful God, the fountain of living water, you quench our thirst and wash away our sins. Give us this water always. Bring us to drink from the well that flows with the beauty of your truth. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The first reading is from Exodus chapter 17, 1 to 7. It's found in the Bible on the Old Testament, page 49. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages, as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, what shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and said, and go, I will be standing there in front of you on the rock of Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? The word of the Lord. The second reading is from Romans chapter 5, 1 to 11. It's found on page 118 of the New Testament. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But it is proof of God's own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of the Son of God, much more surely, having been reconciled, will, will we be saved by the life of the Son of God. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Today's Gospel reading is actually on page 52 of the New Testament. It's Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 40. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Just then there came a man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had only an only daughter, about 12 years old, who was dying. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years, and those he had, she had spent all she, she had on physicians. No one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed that the power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling. And falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came to the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any longer. 
When Jesus heard this, he replied, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be saved. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. They were all weeping and wailing for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up. Her spirit returned, and she got up at once. Then he directed them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astounded, and he ordered them to tell no one what had happened. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated at this time. I invite the little Lutherans to come forward for a little chat. How is everyone? So, so, hey, how many of you are going to have school this coming week? Not me. You're not going to have school? Are you sad? No, I'm going to have two weeks off. Huh. How about you, Gunther? Are you disappointed there's no school? A little bit. What are you going to miss most about not having school? Special and math class? Okay, well, we, we have math. Yeah? Jackson, what are you going to miss most about school? Um, positive action. Positive action? That's a class. Okay. How about... Um, I'm going to miss something. What? Legos. Legos? I have huh. play Legos. I can make Legos. Okay. And how about you? What are you going to miss about school? Wait, you have school still, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no? Yeah. What are you going to miss about school? No? You don't know yet? Yeah. Are you going to miss your teachers? Yeah. Are you going to miss your friends? Wait, wait. Are you going to miss your whole friends? Well, you, do you understand why they closed school this week? Why? The no, coronavirus. What do you know about the coronavirus? It makes people sick. It's invisible. It's invisible. It makes people sick. What did you say, Gunther? It's a new virus, yeah. It's a very scary. Well, it goes in your body, and it doesn't do well in your body. You don't do well with it. And um, some people, it just barely affects, and a lot of other people, it can really do some bad stuff. They did a trick on a subway. Yeah, so... So we need to keep in mind that while we're not in school and we might be having a lot more, more fun, it's a very serious reason why we're not having school. And so as a, as a result, I want us to think about how um, some people might be really badly affected by it. And I think we should um, take this time to pray for those people, okay, and for everybody that they're safe and kept from, um, kept from uh, harm from this uh, virus but also ask for people who are helping them, that they're protected also, okay? So this is not a fun time right now. There's a lot of people that are scared, a lot of people that are nervous about all that is happening, and who knows, because some people might lose their jobs over this if this really takes a long time. Yeah. Some people may not know if they're gonna get you know, groceries and all that. There's a lot of weird things that can happen. So I think it's important that while we think have, having two weeks off of school is fun, that it's not really about being fun, right? And that we should just really think about all the people that this could really hurt, okay? So how about we pray? Let's pray together. Ready? You repeat after me, okay? Dear Lord, thank you for loving us. And, and we ask that you continue to protect all of us. There you go. And... Uh, Protect all the people that care for us. And we ask you to, to um, protect everybody that are working, you know, that have to work, right? And that no matter what, that you will see them through this. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys, for coming up. Okay. Okay, let us pray. Dear Lord, we're so grateful that we can gather in this tense time, in this uncertain times, and we ask you that the words that are spoken has the power to comfort us, 
give us a sense of your surrounding, of your presence, so that whatever nervousness we may feel, whatever uncertainty that we are confronted with, we know that you stand in the midst of all that, and you are our solid rock, you are our constant presence that we can rely upon as we traverse this very, these very interesting days. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, I wanted, you know, I was going to talk about Moses, but I wanted to change it a little bit to reflect the current realities of our times. And so I, I, I picked the, um, the Luke 8 uh, text to, to uh, focus on instead. To that, that gospel text was the first thing that came to me this week when I realized I had to change our gospel or our, our, the focus of my sermon because it's a story of two individuals who got sick not because of anything they did. The one was a child, as you know, who for some reason, we don't know why, she got really sick and to the point of death. And well, she did die. And we have no reason why. And then of course there was the hemorrhaging woman. And the question about the hemorrhaging woman is that she was bleeding for 12 years and we have no idea what that, why that is and how she came about to even begin you know, um, bleeding. And so as a result though, she's been hemorrhaging and been bleeding for 12 years. I can't imagine bleeding even for an hour long. Imagine for 12 years. The desperation that she was driven to is amazing. How she was willing to risk everything to reach out to this respected stranger just in case she, he actually had any power. The desperation that you should have seen or that you, I hope you uh, appreciated in her story is, um, is, is quite dramatic. So these two texts, uh, these two individuals brought, were brought to mind because they didn't do anything to deserve what they did. At least we're not aware of anything that they did. And yet in our current reality right now, we have this coronavirus that came out of nowhere. They think it came out of bats, though they don't really know. It came out of nowhere and it started affecting people in um, central China and it has just gone on to affect almost every corner of the world. I read that it has affected every continent except the penguins down in Aust uh, uh, Antarctica. Right? For all we know, the penguins don't have it yet. And none of us know how it works, how it's being transmitted, and, and, and it doesn't seem to have any uh, distinction about your class status, your economic status, or anything. I heard that the wife of the Prime Minister of Canada now has it. I heard that <clears throat> uh, a neighbor in Podscope thinks he has it. And, um, and we know that it's affecting movie stars, basketball players, and almost every other types of people that we can imagine. And so the question is, what is going on? I read an article this week where a, a religious person thinks it's God's condemnation upon us. We have must, we have must done something to really, um, uh, uh, you know, to deserve this. I also read another story of another person who said that the reason this is going on because we have been doing too much engineering with the human genome and genetics, and so as a result, this is happening because we have messed around too much with, ge uh, with genetics. That's one more person's perspective. I read another story, I think it was USA Today, which said that um, they think that they quoted from somebody who thinks this is a uh, this is by um, uh, um, warfare happening between Russia, the United States, and China. So there are people all over the world trying to make sense of it, all trying to make sense of all this. And in many ways, we can sit and try to make sense of it all we want, but nobody will ever know exactly, at least now, what brought it on. And it is that uncertainty that is so scary for so many of us. I was on Facebook a couple days ago and there was this lady who said that she just hates this right now because it is right now that she just wants to escape. She doesn't want the uncertainty of life anymore. She doesn't want to not know that if she goes to the grocery store, first she can even find a parking spot 
Two, that she'll find what she needs in the grocery store. And three, trying to get out and find, uh, you know, trying to get to a cash register. A member over at St. John's told me that when she went up to, um, to Sam's Club, it took her 40 minutes just to get through the cash register because of all the panic. And she said she, at the um, beginning of this week, she was feeling fine. She didn't think anything serious about it. But then the, the panic has gotten so, so contagious that she's feeling panicky. And she says she's not given in to panic. But yet she's feeling panic. And she's now starting to get scared. Everything about this now, she's scared. And so it's this moment where she's, she, she, she was telling me on the phone how how much she's struggling with just living right now because she just doesn't want to deal with all of the stuff, the side stuff. And she thinks she'll never get the, um, the virus, but it's all the other stuff that she wished she didn't come with it. Then I was talking to my colleague who's really upset because the um, Penn State basketball isn't happening, Penn State hockey has been canceled, and March Madness is not happening. He's like, what am I going to do? I said, write more sermons. He laughs. So everything about our lives now is uncertain and it's been turned upside down. And so as a result, things just seem scarier than normal. And we don't quite know what the next day will bring. As parents, I'm now realizing my week is already compromised. It's all about making sure that we continue whatever we can with education for our kids at home and keeping them focused somehow, right? It is all about, as a pastor, it is now trying to figure out how to go visiting people more in making sure that they know that their church is there. And so, you know, I, I have developed a, a week-long schedule over the course of my time here that I pretty much follow, but now I know that's all thrown out the window and some of you who work, that's probably the case now. That's all been thrown out of the window. You don't know what the next day will bring. So here's my offer for you. My offer is that, number one, we have this amazing God who, tr who has offered himself for us in every way possible. And that in the midst of these uncertain and trying times, God has promised that he walks with us. Both in the Old Testament and the New, he tells us that he is the rock on which we stand. He is the rock in which we have. At any minute we need to, we can turn to. And so as a result, the first thing we should always remember is that we have Christ. It is in Christ that we are offered not only salvation, but we are offered what the word is paraclete, our friend who walks beside us in the darkest of moments and in the brightest of days. Two, we, through Jesus Christ, we have a community of all believers that we can gather. And, though, so, and knowing, so that we know that we are not alone. That we walk in uncertain times with our own people. With people who are gathered with us today. Who, in the light of the panic that we have, in the nervousness that we may feel, in the uncertain days ahead, whatever we may feel... We know that not only do we have God, but God has given us a community in which we can walk together, in which we can worship right now together, and that, we, that regardless of what happens, we have this family, this community, that we can always gather together, rely on each other, celebrate our lives together, and worship our Lord every week and always. And that's a great gift. I remember when I was, um, when I was in um, uh, China back when I was in, in college. And in the week, there was Christmas week when I was there in Shanghai. And we were all told about how atheistic the country was, how horrible the government was toward everybody religious. And nobody ever talks about religion. Nobody ever practices no religion. But then Christmas night, I discovered that there was actually a church with around the block from where we, the hotel we were staying at. I walked there, and the place was packed. And the community that I felt with these people was amazing. I didn't understand a word they were saying, except for the one time when they sang Silent Night in English. 
I never understood a word, but the community that I felt, they kept making sure I was comfortable. I had a seat. Everyone gave each other hugs. They were laughing. It was as if I wasn't in a communist country that was all about being atheist. It was about a community of people of God. And that's the image that I think of of, um, of the church always, that no matter how harsh life can be, we have this gift in Christ that is the church. And that's one of the great gifts that God gives us. The next gift, the next thing that we have, that we don't have to really be, uh, that we can use to, um, to remind us of who we really are, is really the scripture and the prayers that come with it. And I invite you, in this uncertain time, double your prayer life. Double your reading of the gospel, of the Bible. Just allow the words of the Bible to wash over you. Let it settle upon, just read Jesus' words, you know, and let it wash over you. Let his wisdom, let his grace be the comforting presence that you read every morning as you start the day, and perhaps every night as you end the day. Let your prayers that you speak be also the agent that gives you rest, that gives you comfort in this time. Well, in Psalms, in one of the Psalms, I can't remember which one exact where it says, let my prayer rise before you as incense. Speak your prayers. Be intentional with your prayers and let it rise like incense to the Lord. And just trust that as it rises, that God hears it, but as it rises, let it be also the wonderful um, uh, 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 curtain of smell that reminds you of God. I, I, I love how the author of that says, let your prayer rise before you as incense, because if you've ever smelled incense, it has that distinguished smell. And then when it rises, there is this sense that something is going up and there's like a, a curtain or a wall that is built. And in the midst of that, you see it moving back and forth. And it reminds me of the presence of God in our midst as, as the prayer is being moved back and forth. And then there, as it's rising, you know that it's in, rising into the ears of Christ. And it is, it is, and, and then to smell it, it reminds you that God is in our midst. And so I invite you in this time to really double our efforts in our spiritual life. So what we have is that God comes to us in multiple ways, but it's all completely for us. One is this idea of salvation, this constant presence that God has for us, but that he also gives us a community in which we are always surrounded with. And then lastly, he comes to us in the personal way where we connect with him through prayers. He, we connect him through the word of God where he reveals himself to us through those same words that we pray with and we read of and then through the people that we are engaged with. That when we look upon each other, we see the face of God looking back at us. And it is through the community, it is through the prayers, it is through the words, and through the knowledge that he is with us, that we can look forward to the days ahead. And regardless of how weird it gets, how frustrating it may be, how uncertain it may feel, we always know that through these gifts of God, of Christ, we have, we stand on solid rock. Let us pray. Dear Lord, so much of the world, things occur that, we, that doesn't make sense. Some people are hurt by it, and some even die because of it. Lord, but help bring about healing, help bring about resurrection, help bring about just a sense of your comfort and, and presence, so that when we just seem to be in the midst of whirlwinds, you Remind us and you come to us that in the midst of those whirlwind, you are with us. Lord, we ask you that no matter, no matter how, how, you know, just hard the world gets in the next few days, that we can rely on you and 
find ways to connect with you and see you revealing yourself to us in the midst of your creation, of your people, and in your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Next hymn is number 497. Please rise as we confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Turning our hearts to God, who is gracious and merciful, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need.
Oh Lord, at this time where so much defies our understanding, so much gives us pause, and so much gives us uncertainties, give us the sure knowledge of your strength and your constant presence in our lives always. Lord, we ask you to be with the caregivers, with hospital workers, police officers, firefighters, and all those who are working overtime right now to secure any sort of uh, um, care and semblance of normalcy in our communities at this time around the world. Lord, we lift up to you all those who are putting themselves at risk to care for others in the, with this contagious, very contagious disease. We lift up to you, Lord, all those who are now victims or who are suspected to be uh, with the virus, that they are made full and whole again, that they're healed so that they can continue to live the life you have set before them. Lord, we lift up to you all of our leaders at our national levels to our local and municipal levels. We lift up our president, vice president, governor, lieutenant governors, and all the legislators in Washington and Harrisburg and all the leaders in our own municipalities, that they all make decisions that are in the best interest for all of those who are affected, all of us who are somehow affected with this disease. May their decisions have the power to transform this world in a way that is good and stop the progress of the spread. Lord, we lift up to you. We continue to lift up to you, Lord, all those who have dedicated their lives to you, whether they work in churches, in schools, or in other places. Protect them as they work in your communities, working with people from all walks of life, Lord, we lift up to you at this time all those who are finding ways to bring sensibilities just to calm all nerves so that the world may be able to live with comfort and peace right now. Lord, we lift up to you those who are working behind doors that we are not aware of, especially people who are working at nursing homes, who are caring for those in private homes, those who are just working, period. We lift up, we lift up to you, Lord, those who are, who are poor, who could be adversely affected by the economic downturn of, of this times. Lord, we ask you to help them in the ways and help us to help them in the ways that we can. Help us to not be blind to them when we, are, when we see them but reach out in the best way possible to assist them in this time. Lord, we continue to lift up to you the members of this congregation that we can continue to live according to your will, do the work that you set before us, live out the vision that you have endowed in each of us. And for this congregation, Lord, help us to continue to be a beacon of hope, a place of respite, and a place where the gospel is preached and ministry is done, that when we come go forth from this place, that your will is done and others will know that we are driven by your gospel. Lord, we lift this and all the other, oh wait, Lord, this on this day, Lord, while we focus on all the scary stuff, we do have one celebration, and that celebration is we celebrate Tara and her and the birth of her fourth daughter. We're so grateful that in the, sometimes in this dark and deep moment where things just seem so uncertain, you give us hope, you give us light in the form of a baby, in forms of families. Lord, we ask you to bless Tara, Ryan, and the girls and, and the larger families and allow them in this time of celebration to also know that you celebrate with them. Lord, we lift this in all the other prayers, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated.
Let us pray together. Holy and generous host, you set a table where we feast as friends. Prepare us to witness to your goodness with every gift you have given us to share, that all people may know your peace through Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. He is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You called your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast, that renewed in the gift of baptism, we may come to the fullness of your grace. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the beginning, God came to us and created us to Adam and Eve, and he gave us a, a creation that we celebrate and community in which we could live. And we were never meant to be alone, and we were always meant to be with God and with one another. But things have all, not always gone right, and, but still God walks with us. He gave us Sarah and Abraham. He led us through the wilderness and into the promised land. He gave us prophets and judges and all the voices that we ever need to hear his words and wisdom. And then in the end, Lord, you gave us your son, Jesus Christ, who gave, who gave up his only life so that we may be brought closer to you. And so every week, every day, we are reminded that in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And Lord, mixed with your Holy Spirit, you come to us in body, in blood, in bread, in wine. You come to us, you stay with us, and you continue to call us to serve your people, to continue to build up your community. And so with this gift of bread and wine, we continue to live the gospel life you've given us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. You may be seated. And just a word about communion in this time with the coronavirus. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not infected. <laughs> um, if you are not comfortable with touching the bread, I have washed my hands with the Purell here. But if you're not comfortable, taking just the wine is still efficacious, according to Lutheran theology. If you're not even comfortable with that, you are welcome to stay back. <coughs> Maybe I am. Yeah. And so just feel free to do whatever you feel is, uh, is, is uh, safe for yourself and just, 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 be, just relax about all that.
May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you always in his name. Amen. Please rise. Let us pray. God of abundance, with this bread of life and the cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us receive God's benediction. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Holy God, speaking, spoken, and inspiring, bless you, unbind you, and send you in love and in peace. Amen. Go go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God. Our closing hymn is number 358.
The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share that peace as, you know, smart as we can at this time, without touching. Thank <laughs> you.